0: Okay, so full disclosure, I know nothing, I know nothing about playing poker. I have no idea how to play it, I don't know a fucking thing about the game, I just know this much. They should have folded.
1: I think they should have folded most of the episode. Yep. Uh into the chopping floor or something
0: it's it's amazing um i'm not i mean i didn't hate it but the general sense i got from it as it was wrapping up is how is it so much can be going on and yet so little is actually happening
1: i totally agree i feel like what we're supposed to be the the big um sort of the main parts of the episode were the the fight and the poker match and i could think you could cut both out of the episode and you wouldn't lose anything.
0: The, this entire episode, which is called All In,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the whole thing just felt extremely padded. Everything was just needlessly stretched out when i when it seemed like it could have all just been resolved. This could have been i felt like this could have been the, this could have been a short trek.
1: Yeah, I mean it. It could have just been. Yeah, you didn't need any of that. It was all very. Uh, I believe you might have said the word convoluted, maybe or hairbrained.
0: Hairbrained is the word I use because yeah. I'm, I'm into this phase now where every time I finish watching an episode or a movie, um, I try to dial it down, dumb it down to kind of one. One word. A one-word review. I'm trying to do like one-word reviews, and hairbrained yeah. was the word I just kept. That I just kept coming back to.
1: I don't think convoluted.
0: Yeah. So tell us the uh give us the info on this episode. Who directed it, who wrote it, all that all that stuff.
1: Well, <clears throat> the episode, all in, was directed by Christopher J. Byrne and Jen McGowan. Christopher J. Byrne also directed Choose to Live.
0: So we got okay. dual directors this time.
1: Yes. Jen McGowan, who directed a feature that got a lot of buzz. And she started this networking website for um, women working in film. So good okay. for McGowan.
0: Do they have a Star Trek history? No. They do not. Okay.
1: Then we've got Sean Corcoran, the writer. Now, Corcoran's got an interesting resume. Corcoran, well, Star Trek is wrote the story for Calypso Short Trek.
0: Not bad. Okay.
1: They've been a story editor on the show, but not wrote any episodes. Didn't
0: edit out enough in this one.
1: Oh no! Wait, no, it's not true. She did. Uh, he did write episodes. No, story editor. Story editor. Story editor. Yeah. So, um, yeah, wrote this episode. Uh, also, has been. This is the first. Their first writing credit, and they're also a producer. Yep. on the show. Yeah. Now they've been production staff, production staff, assistant to executive producers, production secretary. It's all in different shows. Uh, production assistant. So they went from production assistant and secretary to story editor, and writer, and story editor on some of our least favorite. Episodes. And they've
0: been like, and the they've Asian. been a producer on this show. You said
1: yes. Yeah, so well, on the show. Matt-
0: well, in this show, with so many goddamn producers, you and I are like producers practically.
1: <laughs> Once they became a writer, it seems like they became a producer, according to IMDb yeah. anyway. So I don't know. I, I don't love it. I think it had some scenes that worked out that worked okay. Some characters were okay, but overall, the story I think was a mess. Yeah. And I think that it was, it put up these unnecessary barriers to progressing the plot.
0: I totally agree. It's, I mean. I we learned some new things and which was great but I think it was a there were these needless hurdles t- it t- it felt like it was it was the thinnest of stories that they just tried to stretch out over the 53 minutes as much as they could I think what surprises me because I think what surprises me about this is traditionally the the episodes we've seen this season tend to have multiple plots, multiple storylines that they're kind of just cutting back to, and this didn't. This week didn't have any of that. The closest we got to that was just the cut back to Discovery with that one scene with Culber and Stamets, but there was no. Aside from that, there was no sort of dueling plot going alongside it.
1: <clears throat> oh yeah, so we, we, there were two stories. There was Michael, and then there was Book, and Tarka, right. and, but they converged very, very quickly.
0: And it, But both stories also had the same goal. So it's kind yes. of like, it still just felt, to me, it just felt like the same story.
1: Yes. And it seemed... I got the impression I, I, I like to sometimes imagine the writers rooms and I can imagine someone yeah. saying well maybe you know we can have some sort of a competition like a fight or a poker game and someone just said let's have both
0: oh yeah I mean that's because
1: yeah it just um, it was too high stakes we gotta get the money for the for the the um, for the for whatever it is stuff and then it was now we both have the money for the stuff now we gotta play poker for the stuff right? So yeah, but given that we didn't love those two parts, you know, I guess we could talk about the things that at least move the plot forward, right? I mean, story forward.
0: I will say, I mean, this is I don't what Star Trek. I don't think has proven that it's good at is visiting those planets that have like the casino, right? This to me felt like it was just chocked full of those. Cliche types of cliches, the weird casino gambling you know place that had all kinds of different aliens, mm-hmm. the fighting like it just it was just chock full of the the dealer who doesn't want to like oh well I have somebody bidding against you and oh and
1: yeah it just it was, it was full of yeah with these kind of places if there's not a weird lady singing a Klingon opera then I don't want any part of. It.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it, it was nothing, I, I think in that respect, it was nothing that I hadn't seen before. But
1: Right. Even when you, uh, Book's arrival felt very much like Han going to Cloud City to right. meet Lando. You know, it was an old friend, but we've had a, you know, how we went out on bad terms. And
0: but this was also, I mean, the, this was, it was sort of following the same beats as Stardust City Rag. On Picard, like when they went down to Free Cloud, and it was the same kind of slew of weird locals in the lo- in the casino. Yeah, it was the yeah. same the same kind of.
1: I would say though, the stakes were a little better in Picard because of, in Picard at least they were in disguise, so there was always the danger they would be discovered that they were not correct what they
0: claimed to be correct. Whereas um,
1: this one, uh, everyone knew everybody. Um, and the thing that was really a a bummer was just we had to buy into the fact that they just, Michael had no power there and was not willing to do anything because it was not Federation space and she didn't get to bring weapons, she didn't get to bring technology and I guess she didn't want Starfleet to have a bad reputation with a illegal casino owner if she had done something to, to apprehend book
0: well, I, I think also it was so the so when you when you end up putting Michael and Book in competition for this ingredient called um isolinium, which they need to sort of synthesize this weapon. This only now introduced ingredient does so we're kind of back to discovery introducing us to something and then making that very very important in the same episode it was kind of like with the black boxes last season right, right. suddenly that I became important
1: here, there was a story reason in that tarka kept the information from book intentionally because he he was sort of manipulating book to join him right so he was holding back any possible negative that would make him not want to
0: right join now that didn't bother me as much with as like say the black boxes did last season because really the goal was to find Book and Taka and stop them okay and we need they needed time to kind of get this weapon put together right so you can't just you build a weapon and go out and do it it's going to be relatively quick so that kind of adds a little bit of a you know minor delay to the to the story gives them it buys them time to find them and catch up with them so I was I was okay I mean I was okay with that
1: yeah sure I mean the other part of it though is that couldn't you would I don't know it just seems like they maybe would have had another way to track his ship since he's like right was out our fleet but that's okay we can suspend our disbelief on that.
0: i think i think what i one of the things i was not fully clear on is once michael caught up with them because so well let me backtrack let me, let me take a few steps back here for a second michael has to go after book and apprehend book right because but at first the federation president who is obviously um rip shit over this weapon being taken um and we find out Admiral Vance kind of trusted Taka a little bit too much so he was one of the reasons why Taka was able to get it um the Admiral uh, the President of course slaps down Admiral Vance doesn't want michael to go after them because she feels like she's too close to book not surprised by that development but the at but and i was and for a minute there i was suspecting michael to kind of disobey orders and go anyway i was i was fearful that we were going to get another situation like that last season and then as soon as she's back she gets slapped down maybe loses her captaincy that's what i was worried about Luckily, that didn't happen. It was Vance who wanted her, who wanted her to because she has to now do some research and figure out who this species ten C is. But yes. Vance wants her to find some kind of a loophole and a way to as a re, to go find them, which she does. Right.
1: And, and she had to be talked into it by Vance. By
0: yes. So I think there was definitely, and this is one of the good things about the episode. I liked it. Definitely, I think illustrated how far michael has come i think she's a totally different character as a captain i'm sort of still waiting for that season one through three michael to come back yes and be impulsive but she's yeah so i i I definitely growth absolutely absolutely and i and i can't i i have to give credit what credit is due right i think as a captain michael the character has just been handled very well a lot of these reviews i see not only for this episode but just this season they say well once again michael is you know the centerpiece of this and i'm just thinking she's the lead though like she but she's i could understand it more like when she wasn't the captain but now she's the captain
1: yeah it's like so, saying oh man i can't believe it another kirk episode come on right
0: <laughs> i'm so yeah, sick of this like very- every episode in star trek Picard, it's all about him <laughs> right, when are we gonna yeah. get our Rafi episode, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. We want to check off specific episode.
0: Right. So I, I think in that in that case it works. Um, what totally. I th- what I was not clear on, I don't know if it was something I missed, or maybe it was just the episode not doing a good job explaining it. Michael's goal has to go find has to go is to go apprehend him. I don't know, I don't understand why she's trying to Obtain that ingredient when all she had to do was get book. That's all she has to worry about is book.
1: Well, because she okay. Well, what we're meant to accept is that she can't get book because this um, starfleet has no authority in this um, on this planet. So they what? They have they have no weapons. Yep. They have no communications. They have no technology at all. Now. Why can't they sit on the outside of the planet and wait for him to take back off into space? There's a bunch of questions like that, which I guess we're just supposed to suspend I think it our was, disbelief.
0: I think it was a very clumsy mechanism
1: Agreed, but to I, I let the drama like unfold. The they gave her a legitimate reason to go to this
0: place. Yes. No, I did okay. too. I was totally fine with that. To yeah. get
1: the star charts to show the hole in space where the thing Another hole in space where the thing is. And also, right. another one where they immediately say, like, this can't be... It's, they've gone back to the well. Of, another
0: hole in the plot. Well,
1: this thing has to be man-made. It's the second time now they've seen something and just said, well, it must be man-made.
0: Well, they, they did do a pretty good job of, like...
1: Creature-made, intelligence-made.
0: Well, Saru had said, he sort of said, like, well, it's because XYZ, therefore it cannot be...
1: That's true, that's better. But, the but there wasn't... The
0: but even, even so, like...
1: Oh, the last was, one didn't make sense because they said nothing can disappear and, and move around space.
0: Right, and nothing that is weird, known. Nothing is known to be doing that. But yeah, so what I cool. was thinking,
1: like I can think of a bunch of things off the top of my head.
0: But even though when you say nothing is known, nothing to known science can do that. Okay, right. so but so this is not known to science. Therefore, yes. it's doing it.
1: Could be unknown science. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, this one was a little bit better. So. Right. But then the other thing I found a little bit, you know, and. Uh, I'm geared on discovery to look for these kind of things. Just saying, like, yeah. so this thing's so big, it could have like multiple stars and planets in it. Where is it getting all that power? And I'm thinking, like, well, they have stars inside of it. Stars have a lot of power, from what I'm, my limited uh, what you it, know, what physics knowledge.
0: Yeah. So what you're referring to is, um, the end of the so during the end of the episode, they discover that so they use the sphere data. Again comes into play as needed
1: yeah sorry i need another question on the sphere where did the sphere get its data
0: it so
1: how does the sphere from the past know about things that nobody knows about even in the future
0: if you remember when they encountered the sphere data it had like million i forget how many years i say but like i'll just get you know millions of years of you know it's like a basically a living database of the history of the universe yes. so but I get it It's but like to me I'm thinking to myself but surely that info is outdated because now you're really? 900 years in the future so like there's still 930 years of info that this it's like I thought to myself wouldn't it be it would be information up until the point that they found it
1: Well, I think they did actually have a line where they said the sphere data is updating with all the latest info when they got to the future.
0: So where's it getting it from? That's that's your question. Right.
1: So my question is, if the sphere sphere is generating its own data, that's fine. But if it's only getting it from known sources of data that have been generated by, you know, beings, then it's like, how could it know something that they don't know? I suspect it's combined all their databases.
0: I suspect what it's doing. And maybe I could be wrong about this. And this may not even be the answer. I suspect that what it's doing is because it's a record of the history of the universe based on the data that it has that it has already collected maybe it's able to make some sort of extrapolations based on the data that it has and say well according to the data that I had on this 930 years ago here's where they could be now so maybe it's not like a Accurate representation. I, maybe it's just it's. You know what I mean. Like it could just be extrapolating based on the info that it already has.
1: Maybe because what, what they said this time was like there is a civilization in this place. It was
0: oddly specific. There. It was oddly specific. Yes. Yeah. Which. Yeah.
1: Whatever. I'll let it go.
0: But it's it's. What I was thinking about when they mentioned. That civilization and just how much, that, sort of sphere that they are in. How much of us? How many star systems it was encompassing, and I thought it—it it reminded me of a next-gen episode. Um, it's actually the episode where they encounter Scotty. They find him inside of a crashed ship inside of a Dyson sphere, which is basically a man-made structure built around a star and used. And uses the energy of the star to sustain it.
1: So they already have something that does that.
0: Right, but Can this is like this is but. What we what we find what we do not find out in that next gen episode is so the idea that a Dyson sphere was thought to be I was like oh I thought this was they said this was just thought to be theoretical now we've actually found one. They don't know anything about who built it. They don't know I mean nothing about that. Oh. So I thought have to those, myself have
1: the rumors started to fly that this is now
0: another... no I haven't seen any of that but I but I do wonder if that's that would be cool it would be cool like if it was the people who made those the Dyson sphere in that next gen episode is this kind of the next generations of it so i don't know i just it's just something cool to th- it's just something cool to think about but yeah yeah it could be either here nor there it wouldn't matter to me but i'm not looking i'm not desperately looking for a connection to the next generation episode of relics right no. but, yeah. but what
1: we are meant to understand is that they have a they're mining space we can just jump to that they their mining space for some kind of a particle that they right. can use for energy that's yeah. very Born, little I- of it in space but if you get enough of it
0: yeah, they're looking for the ingredient Boronite, which um, in a way I was kind of surprised because they were almost like trek teching their way out of it because as soon as they said Boronite, it was like this big reveal, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> what is that? It's like, it's just a, you know, and so I had to look it up on Memory Alpha because there's so many, yeah. like, you know, Trek elements, just all that stuff, and so I was like, I don't know what that is.
1: Has um, it been mentioned before?
0: It ha- Well, no, so it has, um, okay. and this so what happens is this leads back to the theory that was initially believed um when the first trailer for this season came along there were people a lot of fans were theorizing that the anomaly had something to do with that with uh, an episode of voyager um called the omega directive the omega particle and um because you know it disable it there's a whole big thing behind it but like it disabled subspace it, it would you know damage subspace so you couldn't go to warp and everything like that so to give just to give you a quick um synopsis so as it pertains to the episode of Voyager it is boronite is an element that forms naturally a sufficient amount of it could be synthesized into some of the most powerful substances in existence such as the omega molecule which we saw on Voyager the borg once used a quantity of boronite ore to synthesize a single omega molecule but were unable to repeat the experiment as they never found another source of the um, ore yeah
1: well that's interesting and cool
0: yeah so that's just that's just a little bit of background on on it as it pertains to um and you know there's there's a little bit more about it but um
1: so they could be mining all this to make an omega molecule
0: potentially yeah
1: And actually, that would be the most sensible, since that's the very powerful thing that you make with this Boromite.
0: Right. So, I mean, but let me ask you this. I mean, how did you feel about it? Because you and I were talking about how we were hoping that whenever this is finally revealed, that it wasn't something malevolent. And it's not.
1: Oh, we don't
0: fully know that well yet so far we don't know me, because yeah. so what, they
1: may know that they're destroying planets and people and right. they don't care that would still be believable I think.
0: I, I think to me I think it's they're just so advanced that we are nothing to them so it doesn't even register to them that they're harming it's as if you were walking down the street and accidentally stepped on a couple of ants you're just like oh right, right yeah
1: yeah, that definitely could be.
0: I mean, did it feel? I mean, so be far, like
1: the first contact, because you know, I think I feel like that's definitely going to make or break this season. Is the first contact because right? If if it's one of the fun, I'm thinking of um, actually the f- the film um, did it better than any Star Trek did. Um, the one with Amy Adams, where they had the the aliens and they. Yep. The language was the circles it's arrival. I think arrival. Yep, like something where there's they're so different. Mm-hmm. It takes some kind of you know um, creative thinking to even. I think that gap.
0: I think for Star Trek that would be very, um, that would be very cool because they're always and very refreshing. They're always as we've seen with like various first contacts for the most part. Um, they're very well equipped to deal with it because they always, you know, the Universal Translator can pick it up, it's, it's, and they can actually communicate, so it's, it's, it's rare to have a time when, I mean, they've encountered species that the Universal Translator cannot translate their language
1: I'm thinking of that, um, crystal rock creature from the original series,
0: yeah, I mean it's happened on Voyager, um a few times as well But it really kind of, I think, would bring back that sort of feeling that they had on Enterprise, right? When they didn't have a universal translator and they had to rely on Hoshi to kind of get a general idea of what this alien was saying. And I I just, I think it would be really refreshing for them to, after all this time, to go out into space and encounter a civilization that is just so far beyond anything that they're familiar with, that they just have no way of communicating with them. They're just like, you know, so it's sort of like it was sort of harking back to, yeah, the early days of space exploration on Enterprise. What do we do here? Right?
1: Right. That would be very refreshing. Yeah. Yes. So I think, yeah, that's really going to make a make or break it, you know, it could go anyway. So I'm excited to see how it's what it's going to be like, honestly, I think they're building it up well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll put it this way. I I haven't... The overall arc of the season hasn't kept... It's kept me intrigued. It it hasn't um, lost me. And I've always been interested in what is going on. So every time uh, something is... I'm like, ooh, where are we going with this one, right? So they're doing a pretty good job of just feeding it to us. I mean, sometimes it's frustrating because it's just the way that you know i'm not a fan of being drip fed plot items and i don't like how discovery i said this a few episodes back how sometimes they'll just forget about it and then bring it back and then all of a sudden it's like okay we got to do this now no 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 it was the ticking clock um aspect of it that i that i had mentioned so i wish they would sort of calm that down a little bit and i feel like and you, and you know what's going to happen again toward the end of the season right there's going to be some kind of like escalating crisis that's going to come upon us that's going to be thrust upon us very fast that's going to have that's going to have to get solved
1: hmm. yeah yeah so i i yeah i but i definitely yeah i have to give the credit there that i do feel that this has been built properly agree like they, well, they kind of lost it a little bit because we haven't seen that much destruction since books planet which makes it feel kind of like whoa well, is the threat really still there
0: right it doesn't because they were talking about a lot of it in dialogue saying it could reappear any place and it could do this and could do that yeah, but it didn't but it hasn't, it hasn't it. Yes. right so nobody has it, it would have been kind of funny if somebody had actually said well we haven't seen it in a while is it are we sure it's even still
1: right oh, like, are we sure it's even the, still out there what's the you know like i mentioned space is huge and most of space is nothing from my limited knowledge right. of space right is there anyone to run the odds of like what are the odds that it's actually going to hit, uh, you know, part of space that matters? Yeah, Maybe you could have at least. Very slim.
0: I mean, you can, you know, and and to your point, I mean, you could even build in a line that said, "There's something about this area of space that's attracting it to keep reappearing somewhere around here." Yes. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah. So as it is now, you could just when you make first contact, you just say, "All right, listen, we got planets here, 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 and here." Yeah, You know, just, you can mine all the space you want. Just don't hit our planets or our stars. But I think also... Everybody should be happy. I, I,
0: I think there's one thing that Discovery kind of, I think, has me a little somewhat confused on this season. I, so I, I, I don't really have a sense of how vast the universe is, like how much they can actually traverse. I mean Discovery has Discovery itself, as we know, has the spore drive. But it's still in spite of that, it still feels like, just in general, nothing right. is out of reach.
1: Yeah, well they do have dilithium again.
0: Right, but like standard warp drive would still it would still take like seventy thousand years to reach I mean I assume if they're still using, you know, warp drive as, right. as we know it. So like the universe right now on the show feels much smaller because it seems like discovery again can go any place but that still feels like it extends to the federation as well nothing nothing feels localized right it just feels like they can that the entire universe is open like because when you said just now the universe is huge you're right but on the show it doesn't it doesn't feel huge on the show
1: even if you look at how much of space they can even be in. Right. It's a very small percentage. So is this thing staying only in one quadrant? Right. And if the so Right. So there's a bunch of questions like
0: that. Yeah, like I, I have very, um, and here's the other thing too. In the first episode of last season, Book's ship was mentioned to have a slipstream drive. Now a slipstream drive we've seen on Voyager, which is just beyond warp drive, which is faster than warp drive. And Voyager could have used it to get home. It would it would have taken a little. It would have taken some time. You know, they would have been home in just a couple of months. So there's definitely like a like propulsion that has gone right, that we've seen fine. that goes beyond warp drive. A so like, is significant. right. So
1: there's I no, there's no mention of time. Also, though, we don't see any ships go anywhere except Discovery. So
0: that's the thing. Like, yeah. So it, it it oftentimes the show. I think this show specifically, to me, just feels like it really has, like, suffers from, like, a sort of small universe syndrome. The, the universe yeah, it just doesn't feel big. It doesn't feel yeah. vast.
1: Here's what I would like to see. Rather than get all of our continuing storylines with our characters, uh, especially given that we've lost a lot of the characters that I care about, I hate to say it, but wouldn't it be cool if we got to know another captain or two? Another ship out there doing things. Or
0: just see the inside of another ship.
1: Right. But... The whole fleet is not discovery, right? So you it could be whatever it is. I don't know about conflict between the ships, or just give expand it a little bit to some new locales, new people. But that's yeah, we're I ne-
0: I need to yeah that's the thing. Like I need to know who else is you know sort of out. I mean, if you look at next gen, I mean there were these recurring admirals, and I say plural. On Discovery, like I'm just get, we're just kind of getting the same ones, right? So, I, I I want the, I would like them for them to kind of build out a sort of recurring cast of yeah more of in you know more of stuff. I mean kovich I guess, but I, we don't know what the hell he even does.
1: No, he shows up when he's
0: done, yeah, like where are the other where are the other ships? Who who else is right?
1: Dammit, it's I mean Saru was a captain I think
0: right but
1: now he's not right that that was interesting too he was the captain we never saw it
0: I mean I'm trying to point to examples from the other shows and there's really none to really point to but I think but that's okay because I think Discovery could do something new with that
1: I can think of a good example that's from a different show but Hmm. adjacent sort of it's uh, Battlestar Galactica so in Battlestar Galactica at a point they find out that there was another Battlestar that survived but they went a different way they didn't hold on to their humanity they became Razor Yes, that's yeah. it. So I watched it. It would be interesting if we got some, you know, some ship and some captain in Starfleet who all this time without the structures has gone a little rogue and it's sort of a mm. contrast to Discovery. That would have been yeah. kind of cool. I mean, it's something that's been done, but, you know, all of it's been done.
0: Right. No, that's a, I mean, I remember telling you about the episode of Voyager, Equinox, and I described the plot to you and you're like, oh, it's like, Razor on BSG. I go, yeah, it's exactly the same thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the, yeah. exa- it's the I, I exact same thing.
1: See, yeah, so I wish we got get to know someone other than Vance. Right. And I like Vance as a character.
0: Honestly. No, I do, but I just think it oftentimes, like, again, the show feels very... Small universe syndrome is the, is the term I have to use. It's just very, like, as if, as if Discovery is the only ship, as if Vance is the only Admiral you know you i mean you occasionally i mean you know they've had those meetings of the federation mem- of the federation members and you saw but they only they're only brought in for moments like that like we don't see them sort of regularly
1: yeah and i think that's a, something about this show is that it is so much on the small de- details and relationships of the characters yeah that that's where it has chosen to spend its energy right it doesn't have much room for a lot of plot going on.
0: Well, because the thing is, when and because when you, I think when you do it that way, I think oftentimes it feels like the stakes don't feel as huge as the show wants you to think because you haven't really, we haven't really gone much beyond our kind of circle, yes. right? Like, where is the? You know, here's a good example. Well, not Federation, but like, where is the Shran of this show? Right. Right. Where is yeah, like,
1: where are the Klingons?
0: I don't know. I'm. I'm uh,
1: I know you curious. don't want to know, but <laughs> well, <laughs> it's weird that it hasn't here's,
0: come up. Here's here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, and, and and we're just kind of getting into sort of like more general criticisms of the show, which I wasn't intending to get to, but sure. What I would love, what I would like the show to do is, I I I I still want to know more about the world that's out there. I don't. What else is going on out there?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? I, I don't... That's why I was saying last season, or hoping that this season, I mean... When they were going off delivering Dilithium, like, that's a chance to really kind of show us this new, this new world of the 31st, 32nd century. I mean, sure, you tell me that the Federation is now back to however many worlds it is. I forget what the number was, but um i i don't know i just it's just a small thing they're just small things it just it, it's just it's difficult for me to sometimes buy the galactic stakes when i haven't really seen much beyond beyond federation headquarters right we've seen Navarre we've seen
1: yeah
0: i think it's the only earth. you know we've been to we were at trill last season we were, we're at, at earth. earth but nevertheless like i i'm not seeing enough of the actual universe
1: i would say wait for um vance a star trek story
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, so I do want to talk about some of the things that I liked about the episode. Right. gears. So one, on second watch, I actually really liked the character of Haz Mazzaro. Oh, I thought the, that the,
0: yes, I did too.
1: He could have been, you know, he was just a classic Trek type of character. He, and it looked really good. Like, he did. come a long way in their face appendage uh, makeup and whatnot. Um,
0: that, stood, that was like one of my first notes. I said, I really like... I like the character but I said I also I just really enjoy the actor's performance playing this character yes. yeah
1: he had such interesting takes on his lines and he was so sleazy yep um, sleazy and yet likable yes exactly sleazy yet likable like when Michael showed up it was almost like he was like sexually expressing yeah. his like sleaziness to her um, I really did like his line also this is one of those lines that you know some people might say, oh, they're being uh, social justice warriors again. But I liked his line, to each his own, her own, their own, all the things. Yep. I actually thought that was pretty funny because being in space, uh, given all the people that must come through there, you know, life has many different forms. There are non-gendered species, dual-gendered species, and, and all that. So that was kind of nice, actually. Um, I, as much as I hated what happened with Owo, in the fight, yeah, I thought that she got a great scene with Tarka.
0: Yeah, no, I did too. I think, you know, Tarka has had, to his credit, I think he's had some good scenes. I mean, there was this, there was that one. Because it reminded me of when he was talking with Book in a similar fashion. Yes, so, but
1: Owo got out of him, I think, important information. He, yeah. I think he, was li- he lied to Book. Mm-hmm. I, that's my impression. So he told Book that he wanted to get back to his... Whatever universe, right? Right. But I think OwO got out of him that he can't. There's nothing for him to get back to, right? Because she was talking about grief, and he said like, "My grief is so deep, you could never understand." I think. So I think by getting under his skin, he revealed a little bit there. So I think he's on a suicide mission, and then he lied to Book, and maybe that's what's going to prompt Book to I stop think, him.
0: I think if I remember if I remember correctly, that initial scene with Book is I don't think he's trying to get back someplace i think he's trying to go somewhere else i think he i think he's trying to go i interpreted it as him trying to go into another universe where the burn never happened
1: Mm. interesting yeah Yeah, i guess we need to go back and see it but i I have to go back and watch that scene but
0: that that that's how i remember that's how i remember feeling after i heard that line but Mm -hmm. i could have been misinterpreting it
1: i do think he's on a suicide mission now
0: because i interpreted that as book internalizing that saying i want to go with you because i want to go to a universe where my world hasn't been destroyed
1: yeah that would make sense
0: yeah but but book hasn't said that though that's the other thing right yeah uh
1: yeah so i thought that was great oh got a good chance to do some stuff i like that her name was used a lot and you know right as much as i didn't like the fight we love oh we like the actress we like the character
0: we do i I was really glad she came along again it's more stuff for her to do I think um and in a way she's kind of spe- she's kind of she was kind of voicing the audience the potential questions that the audience could be asking like why am I coming? Yeah. Why am I going? Yeah. Right cuz I cuz you know you could have argued and said well that could have been anybody right but it felt like and the show gave a reason the felt it felt like the show gave an actual reason why it was a, why it was like why wasn't that Reese, right? Why wasn't that wasn't you know? That, Thank God. Yeah. Um,
1: Shoot him on an airlock. So one of the things I really liked about the Stamets and Culver scene <laughs> is that uh, be, since you know I am married and sometimes you get stressed out and you kind of just want to be in a bad mood by yourself and you sort of forget that. Whatever life situation you're going through, you have someone else that's going through it with you, and so I thought it was a very simple thing, but also the sort of universal emotional truth of that good relationships as you 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 go through it with the other person, you come and you say like you don't have to go through this alone, um, you know, let's handle it together, and so that was that was nice, um, and you know those scenes generally don't really work on me in this show, but that was one case where. I thought it was pretty effective.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, could, I could agree with that. I could agree with that.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. So one of my other big criticisms that we talked about, we're kind of jumping around, but that's all right. That's all right. I felt like we got such it. a little taste of Michael's lost year. Yep. But it was too little too late.
0: You mentioned that. You said... Um... They, yeah, they talked about that. Kind of like what they're doing with the Emerald Chain. We're learning more about them after the fact. And so when they were talking about Michael's lost year, I thought to myself, I've already moved on. I've already moved right. on from this.
1: The bummer is that it sounds like from the little we got, it would have been so cool to see.
0: Because it would have been more rewarding for us to see that yeah. guy again. You see yes, him. It, yeah.
1: You know, we hoped that it would be that she was kind of got involved in the underground just to survive. And she did.
0: Right. I think uh, the. I think she the had
1: pro- a nickname and everything. You know, she had a reputation amongst all these criminal types.
0: I think. I think the. The. I think what's going to happen is very much like with the Emerald Chain. We're only going to learn these things as needed, as they become relevant to the overall um, story of the season. Yeah. They never just. The show's never just going to volunteer that information. If it doesn't pertain to what's going on in that moment which i kind of hate
1: it's really a bummer because it seems to think of itself as a character show it does and and yet showing characters past experiences is one of the best ways to build your character i mean look at lost for instance right when it started having the flashbacks i mean that's when we started to know and care about the characters so it's interesting that it, it, it's such a character show, but it only will use their past when it affects the plot. Right. Not just to inform us about a character and their motivations.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. I, I for me, it's... um. I mean, if they want to divulge more info about Michael's lost year, I'm fine with that. And even maybe do short treks on it, I'm okay with that, too. But we're so... It's less relevant to me now because we're just in this new world of Michael being a captain. So I've kind of, in some ways, I've kind of shed my skin, as it was, for a lot of those things I was hoping to see last season, in favor of what they're doing this season.
1: That makes um, a lot of sense. Michael's she's the captain too. Second? She's grown, She's already grown from the experience right and moved on so yeah, you make a good point why shouldn't we just move on also
0: yeah like i'm I'm yeah, but you said it I mean it's it's too little too late like i've've moved like I've moved on show I'm, I'm you know yeah. I, 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 it's it's sort of like I'll, I'll I'll entertain the idea if you want to tell me stuff great but I she's captain now I'm more interested in where we're gonna go now. It's just like you know if I I think because I also feel like if you take season three, you, know, you could look at season three as another reboot of the show, but I feel like this, this one is sort of like, was sort of like the, the, the hardest reset button, the hardest reboot of the show there was. Um, I'm, this, to me, feels like the most different of all the seasons that came before. This feels like the most fresh start. So I'm kind of forgetting about a lot of stuff that came before this and just starting new.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's reasonable. Even down to shedding characters that we've had from the beginning.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's some stuff obviously that still pertains, but yeah. general on a general level, I've sort of let go of a lot of the stuff of the past and have just mentally kind of reset with this show, starting with this season. Yeah, but again, if you want to tell me more about it, that's
1: okay. Yeah, and here it was it was, it was um it worked here. Yes, it did. Um, then we got to think, the emotional climax, which is, I won't talk about, I refuse to talk about the poker game, but at the end of the poker game, when
0: Why it's, do you refuse to talk about the poker game?
1: I don't have anything to say other than it was boring and I didn't like it.
0: I, I just, I don't like poker being, you know what it reminded me of? So, as I said in the opening, I don't, I don't know anything about poker, nothing.
1: I know how it works, but I don't have any particular affinity for it. And I don't like when it's used in shows. Yeah. I, I think it's okay in Next Gen because they—it's always like just—it's the thing they do to bond. So when Picard went and played with them, it was just the fact. That well, the scene doesn't play. hinge
0: on it. It wasn't hinging right. on the scene. They're just they just—they're socializing.
1: Ping-pong. It's
0: as if you're eating.
1: Checkers. They could yeah. be playing tic tac toe. So,
0: whatever. it reminded me of years ago. I was home from college for for a Christmas break. My friend and I went to go see Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. The bond, the first Daniel Craig Bond's film, Bond film. Mm-hmm and let me tell you they there's like a Texas Hold'em match going on for like it must have, it felt like 20 minutes
1: but he was We're, also poisoned during the match so that made it a little more interesting
0: yo was, he? I didn't even remember that but um <laughs> the the use of the use of that for drama, of escalating mm-hmm. drama and like he's playing and you know he's whatever the hell he was doing whatever you do in poker and the audience is and the audience is going oh, and i'm like they think of my friend i go i'm like what is
1: he doing i don't know what it he's doing expect what you understand i don't game.
0: expect i don't understand i don't understand yes it's another yeah. it might as well be another language it is another language
1: it's interesting that they're so film films television shows are so willing to use poker in that way you would never see a chess game where right. someone would move like a, a rook and i oh, and you're supposed to just understand why that right move is so important. Yeah, it's yeah. Just,
0: I, I don't like I don't like poker game poker y- yeah. as a tool for drama. And, and it's mostly because I don't it's and really selfishly it's because I don't know how to play poker.
1: And I don't I don't yeah, I don't know how to play. I don't really like it. I think yeah. it has this I don't know. It has this whole vibe around it, the whole like World Series of Poker and Right. It's all very testosterone, and no, of course there are women to play, it, whatever. But it's all vibe of it, like especially the online chess world. I mean, um, poker world. Right. Yeah, I don't like it. It seems like it's it's sleazy to me. It's the uh, only time
0: it was yeah. done. I thought it was done successfully, is in my favorite episode of Star Trek of all time, which is the Corbomite Maneuver. But it wasn't Kirk. It wasn't Kirk. Kirk bluffed his way out of a, you know. Like you know, uh, in meeting with an all-powerful alien, but it wasn't literally them playing poker. Yeah. They used
1: the it concept. was it
0: was in concept. That's great. It was the concept of it, and and Spock said to him, I forget the I, I don't remember the exact line, but it was something to the effect of, you know, it's like he said he he made reference to it being like chess, and Kirk says, "Uh, not chess, Mister Spock, poker." Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The the gambit is a good metaphor from chess yeah to use where you offer up something yeah that's all sometimes too good for the person to resist taking but then it can lead them into something that you want them to do
0: how did you like seeing because got like, i've been reading a lot of uh things about thoughts about this on various on the Trek movies how did you feel about see, seeing the ch- seeing a changeling again from because uh, we haven't seen them since deep space nine
1: fine i liked when they turned into the triple that was a fun little
0: yeah thing. The biggest complaint <laughs> is that they're turning in, you know, they're supposed to, when, when changelings shift, they, like, they, it's like a gelatinous effect, but this one's like a sandy effect. I'm like, yeah, I guess- I'm like, cares, stop it. Oh. <laughs> cares.
1: There could be different changeling species, I imagine.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's a big fucking deal. <laughs> I, I'm so, like, at the end of my. I, I've so, like, so far beyond, like, these nitpicky. Complaints. I just I, I can't I just can't fucking do it anymore. I really can't Yeah, yeah They
1: yeah, don't care. I, see they I don't care. I didn't like I Don't know it just seemed very strange because so they couldn't get they didn't have enough money or whatever it was And then he said you're trying to find cheaters, right? And I was like, oh, okay, I guess most casinos are trying to find cheaters sure right yeah, but it still seemed a little goofy and I thought that was Yeah.
0: See, and I thought that was a, yeah, see, and yeah. that was a weak That was a weak uh, story um, plot point for them. I think it
1: was. I think it was all meant for the tension that we didn't really care about.
0: I thought they could... Yeah, like, I didn't... The tension was not... Are they going to find... The tension wasn't supposed to be, are they going to find a cheater? The tension was supposed to be, are they going to get... For me, really, it was, was Michael going to catch them? Not, is Michael going to get it? Are they going to get it? That's where the tension was.
1: What's Michael going to do? Which is why I think their conversation at the end was great. So when Book was about to win, she said... Essentially, I'm going to have no choice but to go after you. Right. And uh, he won anyway. And, you know, she said, you're going to burn all your bridges. He asked, Do you mean the bridge to you? And she said, yes, you're going to leave me no choice. Now- and, but she got him because she put a tracker on the stuff they were getting. So she knows where they are.
0: Now, when you initially watched the episode... Um, you know for the viewer for the listeners who don't know we obviously watch the episode more than once before we begin to review it so sometimes our view we, we always converse right after we've seen it and then sometimes our initial observations or criticisms change upon the second viewing um, you had said on the initial viewing that you just kind of felt like just go get him Michael just go arrest him and then get out of there right do you still and I was like well you know, it wasn't Federation territory, and you were like, ah, but still, you gotta, you know, you gotta get them, you gotta, I mean, has that?
1: (laughs) I did feel a little bit better about Has that changed,
0: did that change?
1: It did, because I just noticed that they, they did a fine job in establishing why she couldn't just do that. Right. I just have to accept that.
0: I didn't like it at first.
1: They could have, if they put their mind to it, we know that.
0: I didn't like it at first because my feeling was when they... I thought that it's not Federation territory, it's not under our jurisdiction. I felt like that was a weak plot point because I thought to myself... Well, that was a weak way of going at it because I thought to myself... Okay, so the DMA is going to come back and destroy a couple of other planets. But you maintained your integrity, Starfleet. And you didn't... And, you know, you, you didn't piss off a casino owner.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Right? Like, so...
1: But I can see that so they it would have been harder because they didn't get to bring weapons or even their communicators but if she was right. able to sneak a tracker you're telling me that they don't have some little bit of technology she could have like right slapped on them and would have uh, I don't know shocked them incapacitated them and then OwO could have just been badass and held them at bay or something See now if they had gone and all they would have had to do is give this guy heavily armed security and then I would have believed it more but you know
0: yeah Michael could have bribed him and said if you apprehend him I'll give you you know that way Michael doesn't actually have to yeah but part of my when this episode began because when last episode ended it ended with Bookship leaving the shuttle bay and it was this dramatic moment and it gave you the sense that oh he's going to be on the run for a couple for a couple of episodes so my initial feeling when we first, when I first saw this episode is that, oh, there's no... Okay, so she catches him right away. So there's no time to really kind of, like, wonder about, you know, the threat that he may pose. Because they haven't caught him yet. But that all changed, I thought, when she actually let him go. But she put the tracker on there. And I thought, okay, so she's letting him think. Mm-hmm. She's letting him think that he's getting away. But really, she's going to, you know... She will find him. I just can't like I'm going to find you. I just can't do it right now. You're lucky I can't do it right now.
1: Yeah. So that was that worked fine. I I thought that was good. I I do wonder what she's gonna do. Is she gonna blow him out of the sky? Or space?
0: So I think we're kind of winding down the season. Right? I think there's I don't know how many episodes are left, but I know that there's going to be at least three episodes running concurrently with uh, Picard.
1: Which starts when?
0: Uh, I think it's March 10th.
1: Okay, so, so three weeks away.
0: So I think we're about three, four, maybe five episodes. I don't even know. Um, but I think we're nearing the end of the season, right?
1: <clears throat> yes.
0: We're kind of coming out to like the last third of the season, I think. And, I, and I've been thinking about how the this, this season could potentially conclude. Now, here's what I here's the idea that I have here's the theory that I have is that Species 10C is not a threat the threat is book right and we know that the threat is he may inadvertently start a war start a war with them because he's going to destroy their you know their mining thing so and Michael has to actually have a first contact with them and you know the right way I have a feeling that it could potentially be this species is so advanced that it's not even worth they, them talking to Michael or anything like that, because they're just such a lower species. They're not worthy of their attention. I think book is going to be moments away from destroying them or something, or, you know, landing some devastating uh, blow to them. Michael, Michael is able to successfully stop him. And because of that, they recognize, kind of like the way Picard had to prove himself to Q that humanity is worth, should be out here, like a similar, maybe kind of like a similar situation. It's it's oddly it's lofty and you know very kind of specific, but I'm wondering if that's kind of the direction that the season is headed.
1: Mm, I have a different take. I do okay. still believe that book. Is going to sacrifice himself to stop Tarka, mm-hmm. redeem himself in the Federation and in Michael's eyes. Yep, because he's going to realize at a point that what they're doing is wrong. Yeah, and since clearly Tarka has no uh, moral center, Book does. Yep, and so he's going to stop it. And I predict maybe Ten C is going to be. There's gonna be some sort of like utopia inside that circle and in, in the sphere, mm. or whatever the hell it is now. That's so too beautiful to, be
0: to destroy, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's gonna be some kind of like alliance, or they can offer technology to the Federation or something lovely like that, and book's gonna save it all from destruction. That's my theory. Michael's gonna watch it. Michael's gonna watch it for the bridge and he's gonna cry.
0: It could be something like the inside of whatever's inside of their looks just as beautiful as Book's homeworld, and he's like I I can't do it or something. something. I think you and I agree I think Book is done this season whether he gets killed off or not I think he's done totally because you and I felt like he definitely had a role last season it made sense last season because he was sort of the one that um, Michael met he kind of introduced her to this new world, right? Mm-hmm. And she went a
1: hole for her away from Starfleet.
0: When last season ended, and we saw that book clearly wasn't going away, we were like, "Well, now what's his role?" And even, and I would even say, the DMA destroyed his homeworld at the end of the first episode of this, of the of this season. But before that happened in the first episode of the season, I thought to myself. I just kept finding myself continually asking, what is he... Okay, he's coming with Michael on these first contact, on these missions to deliver to other things, but, like, what is his function here? Other than just being her boyfriend. What is his, what is his purpose as to, being, as to being here? So, unless they find something else interesting for him to do next season, um, I, I just don't feel like... I feel like he's sort of outlived his usefulness.
1: Yeah, and I, but I do have to say that they gave him something very interesting to do this season absolutely well but yeah this seems like the logical end i don't think there's any coming back from this right the only way that he i think he would stay around would be in a super lame way where he would save the day not die and then they would like make him a captain he would just kind of go off and do his own thing
0: i think also the destruction of his home world hit him very hard and i don't see him coming as a character coming back from that and just carrying on as if it never happened it's like it always bugged me that princess leia was not really traumatized at least in the movies by the the destruction of her homeworld yeah and i don't know i just I, i i i can't see book being able to kind of you just let that go and just, you know, continue on with serving a new purpose. I just think that, you know.
1: Yeah, the character has um, reached a logical conclusion.
0: Yeah. But I think also what Discovery is doing a lot of this season is removing those characters at the show. just feels like it doesn't need anymore and just stripping it down to a very kind of like simple cast of characters. Which um, is
1: essentially Stamets, Culver, Saru, and Michael.
0: Right. We need Tilly back. I mean, we definitely need Tilly back. Uh, we haven't seen Jet Reno beyond just one time. I think just...
1: No. Jet Reno's taken on sort of like an oh type situation. You see her once in a while. Right. She's not really vital to the, to the crew. The only ones we see anymore are, yeah, those four.
0: Yeah, I mean, but it's... Man. but. In a way, it's good, though, because one of my... I remember complaining last season. I said, there's too many fucking people on the show. This cast is too big.
1: I agree. I can't
0: get invested because there's just too many people.
1: I agree. Now that they've eliminated all those characters, I hope they don't continue to use that extra time like they did this week.
0: Yeah.
1: We'll have different writers next week. And we haven't seen our favorite writer yet this season, have we? Kirsten Beyer. Yes, we've not yet seen Kirsten no, Beyer this we've season. Not. No, we've not. Hopefully. Hopefully. Although, is she working on um, Strange New Worlds? Maybe they've taken her off Strange New Worlds. Uh,
0: I don't know. I don't know, actually. I, I'm, I, I believe this was written um, in tandem with Season 2 of Picard. Mm-hmm. So uh, she may have... I don't know. I don't know. I would, um, but I would gladly welcome her to, uh, to Strange New Worlds. Maybe she's writing some lower decks.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she's writing, yeah, a lot of Picard.
0: Yeah. I mean, she is, she's a co creator of Picard. And I believe she does have a permanent producer credit on Discovery because she was involved (coughs) in Discovery.
1: Who doesn't have a permanent producer credit?
0: She was more involved with Discovery in its first season. But, um, I, uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, maybe we'll get some uh, stuff there.
0: So, but I think overall this was not... I thought this was a very... This was a, you know, very weak return episode after the hiatus. Completely. Um,
1: Although, I do have to say to look forward to next week being called Rubicon. Yep. I expect some... um, something pretty good there because Rubicon is known an act of winning against an opponent but it comes down to some Roman battle at this place and they weren't supposed to win and then they did something like that
0: right but we'll see how next week plays out really looking forward to discussing it so until then we'll see you all next week peace out everybody